Yeah, yeah, 360, yeah, I'm like, like round and round and round we go, and where we stop, I'm like, nobody knows, 360 degrees, 360 degrees, we give you what you want, we give you what you need, 360 degrees, 360 degrees, we tell you you know what I mean? It's the breakdown, 360 degrees. We give you what you want. We give you what you need. We talking politics and news and music reviews, as well as ratchet TV. You know how we do and music from some artists you never heard of. But when you hear them, you gon' show them some love. 360 degrees, 360 degrees. We give you what you want. We give you what you need. Presenters on this episode of 360 Degrees are Odafoli O'Quaid, Mercer Prescott, Mercedes Wright, Tashia Scott, Dove Slim, and F. Christopher Blue. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, a derivative of The Urban Breakdown. I hope you have subscribed, and if you haven't, go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to The Urban Breakdown. First perspective will be Tashia Scott. Go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. What's oh, up, yo, King? You can't use that voice. You can't use that voice. That's too sexy, girl. You got me over here dribbling over here. Go ahead. That, <laughs> Take two. <laughs> that, that's what I, that's, I'm sorry. That's the voice I got. I got cigar smoke in my throat. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> All right. So, are we recording now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. All right. Let me jump right into this thing, man. What's up with you guys' president saying that <laughs> he spoke to the president of the Virgin Islands? Does he not know the difference between a governor and a president? One thing, he's not my president. My president is black. <laughs> Go Donald Trump. <laughs> nah, for real. I guess he is our president, but I, I still, I, for some reason, I just feel like I'm not, I'm like in a, the Matrix. Like, this shit ain't real. But yeah, that was very interesting that he found himself talking to the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> the term being U.S. doesn't resonate with him. Um, yes. And this, this is a guy who supposedly has an IQ of genius, not genius level, um, very high level, almost genius level, 143 or 150 something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Says the fortune cookie. But genius is, the IQ is funny. IQ is funny. IQ ain't about absolute knowledge. It's really about the ability to utilize knowledge. So... Well, he's not utilizing it very well because you figure he's supposed to be a uh, real estate mogul. You know, his father was a real estate mogul. You know, mm-hmm. even though his father was a horrible person, he was still a real estate genius. You know, okay. and yeah. with with Trump, he went bankrupt six times. I don't remember Fred Trump ever going bankrupt. I remember Donald what Trump. What makes somebody uh, a real estate genius? Basically, just uh, knowing what being to able buy. Being people out their money to, and expand well, your empire. Yeah, being able to, you know, see good deals that you can make money off of, you right. know, and, you know, and losing the least amount of money possible. Because in real estate, you're going to lose money because, you know, it's land. It goes up, it goes down. So you just got to maximize your profits up, and minimize your losses. It goes and down. And I like that. I like that. Trump is just too much ego for that. And the thing is that Trump doesn't, he doesn't read. And he has, he's surrounded by, as I heard a wrestler say it, uh, nonsensical, glad-handing, douchebag yes-men who are never going to tell him, hey, no, you're the president of Virgin Islands. 
Right, right. Right. The United States is a U.S. territory. But the thing is with Trump is that, and that's where his racism comes in. Because it's an island filled with brown people, so he doesn't really see it as a part of the U.S. like that. So he they have their own government. They can't possibly be that much part of the U.S. because they're not Texas or Florida or any other state that voted for him, which is why he's letting California burn. But, oh, yeah, but he's, he's yeah, yeah, he's not that smart at all, and it's not like a flub. Like Obama may flub something, and people will rag on him for it for a couple of days, and then it'll go away. He does stuff like this all the time. Yeah, but should he get a pass because he does it all the time, no. or are we overlooking? Are we overlooking a special man because he's technically, you know what I mean? The other word for special. Well, this is 2017. We're supposedly a more politically correct state of being. So this would be just, we just have to understand this is our first cognitive delayed, what used to be called mentally retarded president, and we just have to be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be fun. I mean, I wouldn't care if I had us. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and break the taboo and say it's okay to have a mentally retarded president if he didn't have uh, nuclear weapons. Like if, like if he didn't have nuclear weapons, I'd be fine with it. I don't care. You know, go ahead and do your thing. But he has nuclear weapons, and they were actually talking about if he tries to launch nukes, are we gonna have to tackle him? Are we gonna have to subdue him to keep him from launching? Because the president has sole authority to launch nukes. Yeah, it doesn't go through Congress; it goes through him, and that's horribly, horribly dangerous. Then again, I thought it was like a whole team and a lot of derivatives that had to contribute to it in order for it to go down. Now, for the launch, yes, but the order comes directly from the president. Oh, man. Oh, no, we, we need to do something about this dude. Seriously, he needs some Zoloft, some Paxil, some Seroquel, some Trazodone. I mean, he needs a mental health representative straight up. All he needs is a 25th Amendment, but the Republicans are too cowardly <laughs> to, to take care of it. That's what we need. He could do that on his own time on, and on his own health care. Uh, we just need to get him out of office, you know? Yeah, facts. And, and facts. put it like this. Do I know what the 11th Amendment is? No. I'd have to look it no. up right now to tell you what the 11th Amendment is. But then again, I'm not the president of the United States of America. The problem is to be like all the I'm pretty sure that most of these congressmen could not pass a simple 10th grade civics test because it's not required of them. There is no and there is no. As far as I know, and I know some states may be a little bit different, there's no intelligence test to take a president, to be, uh, you know, to be in the Congress, whether state or federal. You just have to be a certain age. And then I know for, uh, I think for Congress, you have to be a U.S. citizen. And for, uh, like, for instance, Schwarzenegger couldn't be president because he wasn't born in the United States, but he could be a congressman. But he, okay. just he just couldn't be president because he, he wasn't born in the United States. But there's no intelligence test to be president. So someone as dumb as Donald Trump, I think people see his money as uh, intelligence. For me, if you took out a if you took out a small loan and made mm-hmm. it into a, a five billion dollar fortune, that's intelligence to me. If you inherited two hundred million dollars. And went bankrupt a bunch of times. You know, people just see the end result. They don't really see, hey, he went bankrupt six times and had to grift people right. and make fake colleges in order to get money. So that's correct. That's correct. All right. I well, agree. That includes that perspective. Three hundred and sixty degrees of idiocy. Watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I forgot to um, introduce the um, guests on today's show. Or not guests, but um, we'll just say the host of today's show. It'll be um, Mercedes Wright, Tashia Scott, Mercer Prescott, and F. Christopher Blue as of now, waiting for Odile Odafoli and um, Ricardo Saint. Da, da, da. Hi, Mercedes, how are you? I am great. I'm amazing today. Hey, you're amazing. Yay. Yes, yes. 
Um, all right, Merck, what you got? All right. I, I just want to go over a little bit of history with you guys. I know, I know all of us know this, but some people might not. Okay. Anybody, well, usually everybody knows the story of Emmett Till. You know, he was a 14-year-old young man, uh, African-American, who was uh, murdered, lynched, really, oh. Oh. Uh, for supposedly disrespecting a, uh, a white woman. And um, he was so badly mutilated, his mother decided to have an open casket funeral just so they could see what happened to her child. Uh, and the men who did it were uh, acquitted by an all-white jury. And a year later, in an, uh, in an interview, they admitted to the crime because, of course, of double jeopardy, they couldn't be tried again. So my thing is, my reason for bringing up Emmett Till is this. Emmett Till and Mike Ditka would be the same age right now. They are the same age. Um, and for Mike Ditka to come out of his stupid fat face and say that there is no... I get people who do this all the time. If you guys ever heard of a, a someone named Tim Wise, he is a... Uh, I don't even know what you want to call him, but he if you ever see his videos on YouTube, check him out. He's amazing. But he's a white guy. And when Barack Obama became president, Tim Wise got an email from someone who said, hey... We got a black, you know, he said, there's a black president now. So now you got to find some other hustle. In other words, he sees his uh, calling out of race relations as a hustle, as just that everything is fine. And that's Mike Ditka's thing. So Mike Ditka says, okay, there's been no oppression in the past 100 years. Let's go back 100 years. Let's start from 1917. Okay. So that means that birth of a nation and the Ku Klux Klan never happened. Fun fact about that movie, if you've never seen it, uh, the black guy in that movie who terrorizes all the white women, uh, was actually a white person in blackface. I guess it could. I guess even then they couldn't find uh, someone uh, of enough of a sellout to play that role, or they just didn't want to. I don't know, because then they'd have to pay him. <laughs> they don't want to do that because they're the clan. Um, you figure there were lynchings. When people think of lynchings, they think of the 1800s, not realizing right, that. Right. Uh, lynchings were happening until the mid to late 50s. Emmett Till was lynched in 1955. So, uh, yeah, lynchings were still happening at a time when our parents were still alive. Uh, That means that there was no segregation. Uh, If you ever watch the show Adam Ruins Everything, he does an excellent piece on the suburbs and why the suburbs are mostly white. And it was basically with the help of the government. You know, you figure uh, there were stories about the VA and VA loans. If you remember, uh, if you remember uh, World War II, right? We were alive, sorry. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, but (laughs) there were were vets who fought in the war who couldn't get loans that they were entitled to because of a loophole in the law set up by the government that said that it was at the discretion of the loan officers. You know, that means that the lunch counter strikes didn't happen. That means that the Black Panthers were unnecessary. It means that all those church bombings didn't happen. It means that white flight didn't happen. It means that the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was just unnecessary. You know, and it should have been because here's something funny. Blacks were given the right to vote after they were emancipated. Women didn't get the right to vote until 1920. So African-Americans, as maligned as we are, had the right to vote before women did. That's crazy. So it was because of the 15th Amendment that was made in 1870. They had to make a whole nother Voting Rights Act because people were putting obstacles in the way of African-Americans to keep them from voting. Poll taxes and all that other stuff, you know. And now uh-huh. when they trimmed out the key uh, provisions of the Voting Rights Act, what happened? Voter ID laws to keep African-Americans from voting. So in Mike Ditka's eyes, all that stuff never happened. Or yeah. it was just, to- or it was just <laughs> totally unnecessary because Mike Ditka lives in a dream world. Let me ask you guys a question. I'll open up to the floor. Um, do you think that Mike Ditka does this because he's really that clueless? Like he just didn't read books and newspapers for the last 50 years? Or do you think he just does it because he feels that the conversation is too uncomfortable? Probably uncomfortability with the conversation. Yeah, I think so. I, I, don't, I don't I'm think not he's an put- idiot. Yeah, I was about to say that. He'd be like, well, these motherfuckers are getting millions. How the fuck are they oppressed? 
I think he's just looking at what he sees in front of him. Yeah. I mean, right. does oppression mean poor? Do you have to be poor to be oppressed? That doesn't. I know. I know. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, by by our skin color alone. I mean, let's be real. I mean, they're fighting the same battle right now. They're just giving a voice. You know, m- you know, millionaire black people are you know giving a voice to those who are really like a smaller people, the voiceless. So I don't know how he, that just makes no sense. Yeah, it was like Joe Namath said. He probably just doesn't, he probably just doesn't know what oppression means. He just figures, oh yeah. yeah I don't, I don't think he does. Yeah, you got LeBron James, and you got all these. Uh, he even mentioned Jesse Owens. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know you're old, but <laughs> we ain't got to go that far back. <laughs> but um, he just these. I think some people really feel that just because there are some black people who are getting ahead, that everything's okay. And I don't really get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I kind of think also um, people like Mike and, and the other people who were really making this whole thing about the flag, I think they're all ignorant. I think they're all ignorant as I don't know what. Again, we're forgetting the fact that Colin took a stand for something that he believed in, something that he saw needed to bring attention to and all the other people supporting it and we're forgetting the root of it. We're forgetting where it started. It's not about this old flag that everybody keeps talking about. It's not about, oh, he's now everybody's disrespecting the flag. We're talking about every single thing that's been going on that we need to bring attention to and the athletes are powerful because they're on media. They're on the radio. They're being talked about. They're being seen. So now they're taking a stand. And now all this chaos and and all this ignorance behind the word oppression, and they need to go back and play ball for another country they wouldn't get paid for. And I would say adios. Well, we would tell you a few things too, bruh. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So it's just crazy. It's it's crazy. Modern Modern day slavery is real. And they're using the media, police officers, and all this other stuff just to kind of live it out. And it seems like it's okay. It just seems that the only difference between then and now is that now our slaves are in a better tax bracket. That's it. They're they're millionaires. Yeah, they're millionaires. They're no no longer the porch monkeys spitting off the side of the porch calling you a porch monkey. So... They've got they've got on Oxfords and cufflings and things like that now. Right. Okay. Well, we went over our 360 seconds, but that concludes that 360 degree degrees perspective. And go on Facebook Facebook page, the Urban Breakdown, and and talk more about this interesting and very disturbing perspective about Mike Ditka. You know what? I don't even remember Mike Ditka like that. I do and I don't. It's just like he popped out of nowhere with that shit. But, well, yeah. you know, it's funny. Somebody was, I think Jimmy Dore was cracking on him. He was like, he had the best football team in, possibly in history and only managed to win one Super Bowl. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. But that's a matter of opinion, yeah. of course. But we'll leave that for the <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Man, it's bananas. It's bananas. All right, our next perspective is going to be brought forth by Mercedes. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I addressed it um, yesterday on my, you know, personal Facebook page and another group that I have on Facebook called Third Eye. Um, I try to keep, you know, sensitive topics down because people tend to get in their feelings. But um, this topic right now is about the whole Dove ordeal, um, their adver- advertisement tactics, and um, as a community, why do we accept things as such? So there was a post that was made, and I hate that I laughed, but I laughed, um, and someone said, um, Dove and Chick-fil-A are just going to have to call me a nigger to my face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by a <What> black person. <laughs> yes, seriously. So, um, and there were a lot of people agreeing with this comment. Uh, like, you know, oh, Dove is great for my skin. Now, the point of Dove's uh, advertisement to begin with, which, again, I, they could have they could have taken a different approach, but um, was that, you know, Dove is for all skin types, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. And what a lot of people didn't see on that advertisement, that after the white woman, there was a Hispanic woman, and then there was an Asian woman on the extended, you know, advertisement, the entire commercial. It was, it was cut down to a snippet for, like, the Facebook, you know, pop or whatever. Um, so it wasn't just black 
to white in the you know whatever it was actually a much longer commercial than that um but of course um a lot of black people you know especially my fellow pro-black people they definitely got upset about it which i totally understand i feel like the advertisement um approach and the whatever whoever made this commercial what they were thinking as a black person i don't feel like i understood the advertisement but i will say i can i can definitely understand how people can could have taken it very very disrespectfully like it's it's just disrespectful so as a community with that being said the advertisement is out there there it's over with opinions have been passed what do we do as a black community when it comes down to providing a product for ourselves do we move forward with continuing to use this product just because it's a good product or do we actually you know take the time to find an alternative to this product because if a company (laughs) whether they meant to or not they're blatantly disrespecting an entire race of people while we continue to put our money into their company, while we continue right. to buy their product. And like I it's said on my live yesterday I made, I said, now, as black people, our products, we don't even uphold each other enough. There is not one That's black right. beauty company out there that can compete with Dove on Correct. any level. And, and why is that? Um, I saw it's under the Unilever, uh, Unilever umbrella. Yeah, um, it is. It's so Unilever. That means Briars, Popsicles, Spongicles, uh, Ben yeah. & Jerry, Klondike, Give You exactly. Peanut Butter, Q-Tip. There's a lot. What do we do as a community? We sit back and continue to... No, we don't. Where where would you go right now to find black beauty products? What's the first thing that would pop into your mind? Sally's. No. (laughs) Sally's isn't owned by us, though. Where's the first place you would directly buy our soap from 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 a black person? I simply market I go to Keisha uh, at the kiosk. I mean, I, I, I go to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah flea markets and we're, things we're of that sort. Now, yeah, being but, from New York, we have a lot of options in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Because I, the only place I ever saw you could buy black beauty products is from a lot of black-owned stores in the city. I live in Long Island, but Jamaica is only a half-hour train ride away. So if and you want to go Compton, we go to the um, we go to the Vietnamese and the Asians. Yeah. That's where we get our stuff yeah. from. But but if you're from Tennessee or if you're from Idaho, you may not have those options, so you may not have that much of a choice. Yeah. Which is very true, and that's the problem. You can buy Dove anywhere. Right. But let's zoom out. Is the commercial really that bad? The commercial I saw had, like you said, it went from the black girl to the white girl to the the that was a like a Pan American, what they call them, an, an Arabian type of lady to the Hispanic lady. As a whole, it just shows me that it's good for all skins. Yeah. What Facebook focused on and what media focused on was a screenshot thing which did not capture the whole essence of that commercial nor is concept. Now, I will say one thing, Blue. Dove does have a little bit of a history with being racially insensitive. So, oh, shit, so some people who knew it, they were... <laughs> <laughs> so for some people, if it was like Jurgens or something, like, I don't know anything about Jurgens. Um, but if it was any other company with less of a history of that, they might have gotten away with it once they found out the truth. But with Dove, they do have a little bit of history of just making... Unfo- I'll just say unfortunate ads where... Well, yeah, they, but their, their target is skin. That's what their products are for, skin. Of course they're going to... I mean, and skin is the most sensitive topic in this country. Okay, okay. Let me, they, you, let me ask you this. We only got 55 seconds. It, what if the commercial was like, it was like a real crusted, 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 crusted black woman. I mean, like her skin was crusted. <laughs> and then she put some dove on it and it smoothed out and it became so beautiful. Would you have been less offended? Me? I I no, probably not. African Americans. I would still be offended. No reasons to be upset. What we need to be upset about is our failure to vote, our failure to use credit appropriately, our failure to own property, our failure to be to use our education, to get educated, and use our education to benefit ourselves. The failure to develop our own and live in our own communities and do for ourselves. That's the things you need to be angry about. Yeah. Mm, true. Hashtag, he said that. <laughs> I also asked someone, what if they had put the women in a different order? Would they all have been still so upset? Like, you know, or, or they're like, oh, they put the black girl last, you know, so something, somebody would have got mad still. 
<laughs> we mad. always man. We're like uh, P Diddy's, our uh, bad boys, um, the mad rapper. I know Merck probably remember this better than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> why you mad, son? Why you mad, son? I mean, yeah. I mean. I'm gonna tell him why I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for bringing that perspective to the forefront. It is definitely something to think about. Where could yeah. we go? Where can we go in order to get products by us for us? Like I said, the only place I could think of off the top is the, is, well, it'd be the Asian market, but they're not really for us. Oh, I'm going to follow you because I think you're going to steal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so <laughs> I don't know about that now. And, and, that, and that was a, a horrible uh, Asian what? rendition. What? Uh, what? Terrible. What? Yeah. That we, was, about like yeah. how Trump tried to mock Hispanic, the Hispanic accent the other day. It was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was equally yoked. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost all of our Asian listeners. Thanks, Blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We love you guys. Okay. (laughs) I look at the analytics, not one single Asian subscriber. But look, we're going to work on that. (laughs) We have one. That's that's kind of a victory. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I have one black friend, so therefore I'm not racist. Um, All right. Odie, your perspective. (laughs) Odie. All right, mic check. All right. <laughs> no, I'm not bad. I'm and I cannot get it off fast enough. I'm like, oh. The problem with radio and being in different studios. It's <laughs> cool, it's cool. One day we're going to get to that K97.5 level. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm trying to get my strong man on. It. And uh, Mark had to be DJ Envy, you know, the guy who always doesn't really say much, but it's supposedly his show. <laughs> <laughs> and Angela Lee's always interrupting the guest ass, always want to be in the mix. Shut the fuck up. We only we only watching y'all or listening to y'all to listen to Charlemagne talk shit. We don't care That's about it. nothing else. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, uh, talking about uh, color. I did want to see what you guys thought about about Waka. Um in case you missed the comments, basically, uh, <laughs> I titled this segment, I'm not black, I'm Waka, because it kind of sounded like that's what he was implying, what he was inferring. Um, basically, he was on an interview. He said that he was not black or didn't have African descent and that his makeup was indigenous of indigenous people. Um, and actually, if you go on to listen to what else, he, the other things that he said, it actually did make sense. And it's just a shame that people probably won't get to that part because he went on some tangent about how I'm not black or of African descent. And I just wanted to see what you guys think. Was it that serious what he said? Um, now, quick question. We talking about, you talking about Waka Flocka Flame, the rapper? Yes, no hate. The black rapper. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the, the, the black as ace of spades? Yeah, he's definitely not black. He's not yeah. black like that. <laughs> no, he, he's, black like he's not that. He's not that black. <laughs> the, the thing is, though, I mean, there's he doesn't have to be black to be a rapper. Because rap is music and music is universal. But I mean, I don't see why he would say that now because uh, I don't remember the last time he sold the record. So it's not like he's Michael Jackson status or even uh, KRS one in his heyday status to be able to have the attention to say, well, you know, I'm transcending music or something like that. I I don't know if it's something to get attention because he can't, like Eminem said, he couldn't sell two records if he pressed a double album at this point. So I don't know why he would say something like that. But, you know, if that's what he wants to be, that's what he wants to be. But when the cops catch up with him, we'll find out what he really is. <laughs> Point taken. In that interview, though, he says, I'm uneducated. I'm confused, but I'm damn sure not black. You're not going to call me black. So, I mean, if, if he want to own that, he own that. I don't know. I ain't going to lie. I don't like to be called black either, to be honest. But when it's all I'm not black. Our skin color is I'm black. black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I'm getting my ass beat by a cop, 
I'm black. If I'm getting exactly. pulled over at two o'clock in the morning because I'm in McDougal um, apartments, more than likely I ain't got, I'm doing something I ain't got no business doing anyway. I'm black. You know what I'm saying? If I'm walking with a white woman and um, we're walking down the street and somebody run up on us, oops. I'm black. If she says I, co I committed rape and I never even put a finger on her, more than likely I'm going to get convicted of raping her because I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Black. Mm -hmm. Stay it together, everybody. Blue's black. He's black. <laughs> it's black. It's just black. So my dad is from Cuba. My mother's from Haiti, which means my ah, mom's so more than likely a derivative of Haitian and French. My dad's more likely a derivative of African and some um, Spanish tribe. My, my my grandmother is white as snow. I mean, but when it's all but, said okay, done, so it's just day and time. I'm definitely black. See, you brought up you brought up Cuba though. So um, watching this interview, I thought about what um, the conversation I had with the Cuban man, like in the market, and he's basically saying there is no such thing as black and white in Cuba. It's a nationalist movement. So are you American? Are you Cuban? Like, where are you from? And that's all that matters. And that's what people should be identifying. And Walker did hint to this in his interview, and that's why I was like, damn, that part makes sense. Um, the whole concept of race is fucked up. So if you haven't seen the uh, Understanding Race exhibit downtown, you should go see that because it puts it a little bit more into perspective. They downtown Raleigh, downtown Durham, hell, what could Downtown Raleigh, downtown okay. Raleigh. Um, but it does put things in perspective and how basically race was created to, you know, just create Definitely. a hierarchy. It's, right, it's hierarchy. fucking right. up. Like, it's, it's bullshit. It really is bullshit. And Walker was saying that in his interview, but because he alienated people with that I'm not black shit, you know, people probably missed that point. Oh, um, yeah, kind of like that Dove commercial. We focus on one part of it instead of the whole right. picture. Right, right. And, and I understood what Walker was saying, sort of. Sort of. I understood what he was saying. But he just really, yeah, like he was just one of his own. Now, he claims that he's, what, Native American mostly? Yes, that's what he said his whole entire makeup was. I swear but. he said big toe Indian. What did he say? He said something weird. Blackfoot Indian, Sioux Indian, um, Redfoot Indian, Blacktail Indian. Yeah, yeah. He says and, and part dove. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I mean, listen, what he did, he went to go do his ancestral DNA. I did mine the other day. I'm 5% European. I didn't want to post that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're one of them. So was there, was there anything in your makeup that made you say, "Oh shit"? I mean, was it besides the five percent European? I mean, I'm probably eighty percent. Um, actually, um, it gave me a boost of confidence. I felt like I could go out there now and um, apply for loans. Um, and I, yeah. So you know, I, and actually, if you if you notice my my whole voice change. I'm tapping into my 5% Caucasian. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's bullshit all the way around. <laughs> I mean, that's good for you because I still need two forms of ID to pay in cash. So, that's definitely a leg up. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, well, with a name like Mercer Prescott, is there any surprise? Right. Because Not at all. Check out Not Mercer really. Prescott's Not show, really. Politics, with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. You know, I'm going to tell a tasteless joke, but I always uh, joke with my friends that my father named my brothers and sisters, like my name is the most exotic out of all my <laughs> brothers and sisters, because they're all named like Lisa, Danny, Johnny. And I said, my dad had the foresight to know, hey, these kids got to get jobs one day. So I got to give them names that'll, you know, help them get that second call back, you know, because you know how people are when you hear a name like Jamal or Shaniqua or something like that, they get a little touchy, so. Has anybody else noticed that, like, nowadays when you see people posting, um, like, pictures on Facebook of their babies, our black people are more in a comfortable type, um, I don't know, I can't even say what I'm trying to say, but the names that we're giving our kids now are more acceptable by society. I've noticed yes. that lately with pictures of my friends having babies and my friends' friends having babies, you know. Um, um, one named her son, and I can't speak because if I could tell you my kids' names right now, you'd probably think I did the same thing, but I just thought they were cute names back then. But um, I think named her son, 
uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was something that would I would literally think it would be a Caucasian baby. So I'm just like, are we are we now naming our children things that are more you know acceptable, more comfortable, so that when I was, a bigger I was corporation a white set a resume, you know how hard it is to get, where I'm from to get a job <clears throat> with the name Felipe. I mean, Hispanics are still highly hated in this nation. You know, and they work. <laughs> and and then yeah, well my my sister is naming uh, my nephew Ethan James. And I had a problem. I had a problem with that. A big problem with that. Um, and and I looked at her, and <laughs> I, I said, "Well, that's what I'm talking about." Yeah. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan James, and I, and I was just blown away. Like really? That name is solid. That motherfucker's gonna get a job. Big time. He ain't even gonna get a job. He's gonna get a career. Yeah, until he walks in looking like his damn daddy, and then it's over. <laughs> hey. well, he might act like an Ethan. You know, sometimes we live up to our names. I have a son Ooh. named Malik, and honestly, he lives up to his name. Oh, my gosh, he is such a thug. Um, I, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, he's finally getting it together, but for the longest time, we had a lot of issues with him wanting to be that thug. But I, and I noticed a lot of Malik's had that tendency. I think it's something about that name, Malik. I thought I, I named him Malik because that was my best friend's name who passed away. It was an honor for me to name my first Malik. Unfortunately, Malik has a lot of things that you live up to. I think if my name was, I don't know, Malcolm, I might be more militant and be more hard. If my name was Daquan, I might be more thuggish. Or if my name was um, <laughs> Daquita, I might be gay. I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of males that have like feminine type names do tend to be kind of sweet. I mean, but you know what? That we done went way over the original perspective, and we on some other shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, names are very important. I do understand what you're saying regarding names, but we also must think that a lot of the overseers are Caucasian, and then that resume come across the board. Be like, oh, Shaniqua, put that in, put that over here, and they're not even going to interview um, Pat. Oh, Alicia, mm, I don't know. That might be black or white. We'll try and we'll see. Oh, um, Cynthia, oh, I know a lot of black Cynthia's too. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, they, they, they do studies on this, and people with quote-unquote black-sounding names uh, don't normally get that second callback, like when they send in resumes and stuff like that. So it's not just us making this stuff up. It's documented. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been proven time and time again. Look, my name is my name is Otis Way. Now, granted, it sounds foreign, um, but that reminds me of uh, there's been a story trending where um, Uzo, Uzo, dang, I still can't remember how to pronounce her first name, but Uzo Omaka from Orange is the New Black. Um, she told that story about how when she was little, she wanted to be called Zoe. And she asked her mother, like, can you start calling me Zoe? Because that's easier to say, and that's what the kids at school call me. And she was like, her mother basically is, is an African woman, and said if they can say Tchaikovsky, if they can say all these hard-ass, basically white names, then surely they can say yours. And um, that's her name, Uzo, Uzo Adoba. And so she... um great point she never asked to be called anything but Uzo again and um it worked out well for her because my mother said the same thing to my father when I was little oh that name's gonna be too hard and then basically my father was vindicated one day they dropped me off at school and one of my friends greeted me and said hey what the flag and he was like I told you it wouldn't be hard like once they could you know say it once or twice they would be good true that name, I ain't gonna lie, on paper, that name is a mouthful, though. <laughs> oh, don't, like, I still, I still get greeted by people calling me my entire name in the street. The entire wow. government name, including in the middle. Um, it's just, I guess, like a name is so people remember it, though. Oh, yeah, the name is powerful. Don't do no fucked up shit, because your ass is here. No, no. <laughs> you right. You right. Like, the family takes that name very seriously. I already couldn't do fucked up shit just you know, the last thing. You Google movies. you one time. It's definitely you. Nobody else is you. Versus exactly. you Google, fortunately, if you Google me, I become a Cuban baseball player. I, there's no mention of you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the next perspective. Um, I like to talk about 
Eminem. Eminem um, recently, um, what was it, on the BET Music Awards. And yeah, I normally don't watch it. For some reason, I do like to watch the freestyles for some reason. Don't necessarily care about the content of the show as it highly favors Southern rappers, which I'm not really particularly fond of. Um, as I don't think they're really rapping. Um, but that's just my opinion. Migos gave the worst stage presentation on the planet. Um, Young Gotti was second. I mean, gee whiz. I remember when I was younger. That's not even a Anyways, <clears throat> so they still, you know, so Eminem, he went on this, um, his freestyle or his derivative of what we, they call a freestyle, which more than likely was somewhat practiced, was uh, based on his um, disdain for um, Donald Trump. And um, a lot of people are raving about it. You know, there's some people, you know, a little backlash about it that it wasn't polished. But, you know, people say, oh, well, he's the only rapper that came forth to um, really put it down regarding that with all the people who came on that stage that night had the opportunity to do so, but failed to do so. And Eminem, Correct. Who, who they right. consider the rap god, because everybody, because anybody that comes to save the day happens just to be white, right? You know what I'm saying? Correct, <laughs> right. right. The great white, the Great White Hope. The Great White Hope. But the zoom out is, and we, um, Odie and um, Mercer know this when we had um, politics on another station. Ooh, what was it? I guess almost a year ago. We had a YG feature when he said his whole song was called, what, Fuck Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. A very prominent song. I remember hearing that for a couple months in different places, but nobody gave him any accolades regarding it. So is it better for a white person to stand up for us regarding um, Trump's we would just say idiocracies or when a black man does it, it doesn't have no voice because boy, one, all y'all talking shit about him anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to say yes and no. And the reason why I'm kind of playing both sides of the fence is because I've never really been one to just say uh, the whole skin color as far as rapping, as far as Mm -hmm. rappability. Now, as far as the message goes, right? Yeah, it does usually hold more weight when white people say certain things, but it's usually it should just become it should just be because everybody's saying it. So it just feels like to some people, if only black people are talking about something, and this is not, I'm not justifying this, I'm just saying that that's how some people think, that if only black people are talking about it, then we're just whining, we're just complaining. You know, oh, you got, you know, you have oxygen and cable TV and a phone, what are you worried about? You're, you're set for life. But <laughs> if everybody gets into it, so if you have white and black getting into it, then it becomes more powerful. So I don't know. I, I don't watch BET because it gives me it gives me brain splinters. I can't watch it. I did see the cipher. Oh on, man! On 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 uh on YouTube afterwards. BET just gives me the hives. I can't stand them. Well, those of us who have Spectrum, we didn't get a um Spectrum isn't able to make a deal with Viacom as of Sunday. We won't you know, have twenty two channels, I, I, and BET is one of them. I, I don't give a fuck because I I I can't pay my student loans, and I have to go I have to jump through hoops just to get medication for my goddamn feet. So I don't care about millionaire companies that fight with each other constantly about making more millions. I found out Netflix makes, they spend $6 billion a year on licensing. So I don't give a rat's ass about BET, Comedy Central, none of y'all. I'll just watch you all on YouTube and just be done with it. But going back to the point, um, going back to the point, yeah, I think it's just better if we all come in together. So I don't know who else said, who else had a cipher and what they said. I know, uh, I can't never pronounce his name. M-Y-S-O-N-N-E. I think he had a freestyle on there too. I don't know if he did. Mike Zahn. Is, is that his name? Mike Zahn, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, like a New York rapper. He just came home from prison. He did a 10-year bid for some street shit that got involved in, but he's a very prolific lyricist, and he does yes. have a message in his music. Yeah, and I think he had a cipher on there, too. That was very positive. But, I mean, yeah, YG did that song like, like a year ago. You know, a lot happened in the past year. <laughs> I mean, now we have a psychopath as president. That stuff tends to fall by the wayside. So it's, it's almost like Eminem's kind of bringing it back up. But I don't know. I think in that that particular position before I give it up anybody who came out with a freestyle about Trump at that BET thing would have been uh, would have been lauded but it just happened to be Eminem who's a high profile rapper 
Mm. Yeah. But people yeah. had a problem problem with it just because he's white. I'm like, you don't think he sees this stuff? Not all white people agree with the bull crap that Trump, you know, is dishing and what we're facing in our country today. I, mean, I, I would say it's a small percentage. Yeah, right. Definitely. And, and I also, um, I agree. Like, I... I I don't see Eminem as white. I see him as Waka Flocka. Um, and to me, he he has always been that, that guy who spoke on whatever the hell he felt. You know, he's the first white man I've seen on TV put up a fist, black power. Um, so to me, I, I'm like, why are we even talking about it? He got up there, he expressed his personal views, as he always does. He has an issue with this. He should have an issue with this. All Eminem knows is black folk. All he knows is the black, the black struggle. He knows what he, he knows black cheese, right? That's some good cheese, by the way, right? That cheese is dope. <laughs> that, that cheese is the... Okay, I'm sorry, I digress. But I'm just saying, why are we even talking about this Eminem? Why? We should expect him to do this. I'm shocked he didn't come out a while ago. To be well, honest, for a while. he has been, yeah. but doing it in his concerts, he hasn't. Been, I think this is the first okay. time doing it on a national stage. But yeah, they would. They had articles about it. He's been doing it in his okay. concerts, you know, for quite a while. Yeah, and 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 unfortunately, you know, in Durham, I see a lot of houses that have the Black Lives Matter signs on their lawn and the resist signs on their lawn. I don't see that signs on any black folk lawn. Mm. No one have those mm. signs on their lawns. No one. Exactly. So please, I don't care. We as black people, we have to take initiative for ourselves. This is our struggle. This is our fight. I can't tell a crackhead I know how you feel if I've never smoked crack. Now, it, so, the, the, the thing with Eminem, I mean to cut you off, is that when you talk about, you know, he knows their struggle because he was right down there with them because he grew up. Yeah, he's, he's black. But then again, Eminem is black. <laughs> now you figure someone like Kid Rock grew up uh, rich. His parents had a compound, and he used to go to Detroit to sell drugs and rap and all that other stuff. Matter of fact, it was D. Nice and BDP who put him down. So when I see him using an American flag as a poncho and talking all this craziness, so I, I think it's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it, I, I think uh, it's not just the circumstance, but the people as well. So correct. It, it, it goes right back into the hands of the people. It's about us. We're stronger in numbers. Okay, that's what it is. We're stronger in numbers. And if Eminem is willing to take that platform, we need to be right there to support him. We need to say, you know what? He gave me, if you want to use the word courage, he gave me the courage or the gumption to go, you know what? Keep going. Keep fighting. It's a hard job being conscious. People think this whole conscious movement is this is the move. Let me jump on board. Black women, we don't have to comb our hair anymore. This is a hard job being conscious because it keeps you awake at night. Now you're giving a damn. And now every single thing that's wrong or against the people, you got to speak about it. And now you have to really educate yourself. Being conscious means you got to educate yourself. You can't, it's not enough to throw on a damn t-shirt and make your hair nappy or throw in some fox locks. That's not what being conscious is about. That's not what being awoke is about. Get yourself out there. Each one, teach one. Go back and give out into your community. Have lunch and brunches with your sisters and your brothers who look like you and educate. Educate one another. I agree. I'd like to, I'd like to interject with a question. Uh, and this question is for, my name is Dubsy. I'm from Charleston. I'm a little late chiming in. Salute uh, Mr. Blue. He asked me to join. I wanted to say, in the hip-hop community, as an artist, a hip-hop artist, what artist has a bigger platform than Eminem? Mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Um, I would say Jay-Z, Jay-Z. Diddy. I would say even Diddy. And Jay-Z, yeah, yeah, Jay-Z, they Diddy. Because their face is always in the media. But Jay-Z did it with his entire nope. album. So he doesn't. Yeah, I was about to say, Jay-Z dropped the whole album. Um, Diddy, not so, not so short. But as far as... Rappers. Diddy's not really a rapper, so I'm not going to consider him an artist. He's a mogul. He's more behind the scenes. He hasn't released a record since what um, the, the party at night, a uh, train to Paris, or the last train to Paris, or whatever, a few years ago. Okay, so from that standpoint, there is no larger rapper to make a statement. If it come from anyone smaller, it'll be dismissed. They don't have enough of a voice. Eminem, Correct. being vocal, 
was the best thing that could have yeah. happened for the hip hop community as far as us having a voice. Because everybody listens to Eminem, white people or black people. Now, had it been a popular a, a rapper that was popular in the black community, it may have made waves in the black community. It might have went on black social media and we had a discussion. But since Eminem did it, and it, it's kind of sad that it had to happen this way, that we don't have a person of our community that has the ability to affect as many people as, say, an Eminem. But the, the fact that the discussion is being had, I applaud him for it. That for, there's no other person that could take the stage and did what he did and be taking as, 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 uh, as much, no, nobody else would have paid that much attention to anyone else. Exactly. That's my, true. And my that's true. That is exactly why the term allies exist because it, we need each other. What, regardless of what anyone wants to say, we do need each other. If we want that, was, that strong, just leave us the fuck alone. We need another white person to tell them get your people together because we're not. Yeah, we with. need white folks. Right. We need each other. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah and, definitely. And I, and I will people say, need people. Someone, who grew, someone who grew up in rap, I don't mind how many Drakes and Waka Flockas and little little whatevers there are. If we could just have one more <laughs> public enemy. Just one more public enemy just out there. Just one more public enemy. Just one. Can we get the... I think they are supposed to go on tour or make another album. Definitely, They're definitely supposed to make more music, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They're in the rock and roll hall. Right. <laughs> so, and they and they they deserve to be there. They made it before LL Cool J, which I think is great. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean no, no. Just I love LL, but you figure somebody who had a message made it there before L. I'll take that. All right. Well, we are we already know that the message in music, there is no accident or happenstance as to why conscious rap took the turn it took in the late 80s, early 90s with the proliferation of gangster rap music. That wasn't by circumstance. That just didn't happen to happen. It was um, the Kerner Commission Report of 1968 published a report to find out why the inner city youth had the power that they had and the ability to have a, an identity with self. And it was determined that that came from their artistic expression with the spoken word and the music. The message music was since eradicated and it was a proliferation of music that like when you when you kill off the poor righteous teachers, the brand Nubians, the ex-clan, the, 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 the public enemies, anybody with a message and then you proliferate nigga, 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 sell, don't shoot niggas. That's pretty much going to become the trending topic and the fad. It's going to become what everyone is accustomed to and what everyone wants. If we can all think back, uh, I'm in my 40s, so I've, I'm a child of hip-hop. I grew up with hip-hop. Hip-hop is no different now than it's always been. It's a different wave that's coming out, so people don't feel it. The older people, we were on something different, but the new kids feel it. It's no different than when New York had hip-hop in a, in a struggle, and a chokehold, and then Southern rap took off, and we had UGK, and hip-hop hip head theorists were saying that Southern rap is not rap, it's not hip-hop. It's not Southern rap, okay? We got a whole subgenre now. No different now. We just have to identify that the subgenre, we don't have control of distribution. Yeah, we can start our own label, but who is it going to distribute? If it's not distributed by a major, then you don't have any, uh, any voice to, to reach the masses. The proliferation of the Internet has helped us out a little bit, but only to a certain extent, because most of the portals are still controlled by major corporations. So you can still get shut out. If your distribution is only by the major three and they don't want you to educate anyone, they're not going to put that music out. You're not going to get a deal. So you're, going, you're only going to be able to make so much noise. And that's pretty much where we're at right now. So we can sit and talk about it all day. It's more so the doing and the acting. It's like, sort of like when you go to church and they say faith without works is dead. So we can sit here and talk about making changes and, and the things that are necessary and what would be better. But unless each one starts to go out and make one or two positive changes toward that change, steps toward that, and then it's not going to happen. We'll just still be sitting here having conference calls. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, let's play um, Russian Roulette. Not Russian Roulette. Let's play um, Roulette with the last perspective as it's amazing how much time passes when you talk about good shit. You know what I'm saying? West Coast, conflict of life. <laughs> Let me look at the birds and see which one I want to talk about. We don't talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about something real. The Ugly Truth, actor Terry Crews bravely shared his story of sexual assault at the hands of a Hollywood executive. Do y'all know who that executive was? Weinstein. Nah, it was, black, it was a black person. It was a black person. Was a, was Lee Daniels. There you go. There you go. Lee Daniels felt his balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee Daniels felt my balls. <laughs> I didn't know you had balls. I'm concerned. <laughs> yep. That was how you going to say, wow. <laughs> I just want to know, why did he come out with that all of a sudden? That's what I was telling Merck that earlier. <laughs> yeah. But then he brought up a good point. Bring it up again, Merck. Now, it's because when people come out with their with their stories, uh, when you have somebody powerful who takes advantage of you, right? Yeah. You're not going to want to come out because you know you're going to get crushed. Look at the look at Donald Trump's uh, accuser, right? The 13 year old girl who he raped at a, and I'm pretty sure he did that he raped at a party for Jeffrey Epstein, who went to prison for uh, soliciting underage prostitutes. That he used to have right. young girl parties all the time. She didn't come out for years. And when she was going to finally go public, she received so many death threats that she decided not to come public. So it's when you have powerful people taking advantage of you, sometimes all it takes is one person to come out. And but you said, we said Lee Daniels. Yeah, but Lee Daniels, okay, look, look at, look at, look at Terry Cruz. His profession is acting. All right. Harvey is, Harvey is a powerful player in the acting world. So if he unintended blackballs you, can you pretty much shut up? <laughs> so if he, speaks out, if he speaks out against that, then he, he, he faces the chance of not being able to feed his family, not being able to get the show that he had, the Terry Crews show. But sometimes he might have had to just bite the fact that this white man just felt me up, but I'm going to have to take this one for the team. No, so no, no, it a white man that did that. It was, it was Lee Daniels. Daniels. It was Lee Daniels. Oh, yeah, Daniels. 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 My bad, Daniels. Oh, damn, Wait. I forgot I did. It was Daniel. Okay, well, let me interject for a minute. A homosexual. Let me for a minute. I think the <laughs> also takes things like this a little too lightly. Um, exactly. Like males or females being raped or child molested or even as an adult being molested, it's, it's, it's laughed off and I don't think it's funny. I definitely right. think it's something that should not be taken lightly, like, like you just said. In the black, like, he came out, there was someone much powerful, more powerful than him. He was afraid to say something. That's just like in the black community, people take, like, mental illness as, like, a, like they just kind of brush it off. Oh, we can't have mental illness. Yes, we can. And black people can be molested and raped as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's to be laughed about. It's definitely a topic that's very sensitive. And also, myself entering into the, you know, acting industry and the modeling industry, anything could happen to me. I'm a beautiful, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I'm a beautiful woman. And somebody might try to take advantage of me because of, you know, oh, she's, she's maybe beautiful, but she's nobody. I'm somebody in this area. Who, she's gonna, who is she going to tell? Who's going right? to believe her? But see, me, I got a mouth on me. I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to tell everybody. So, you know, you know it, it, that's it, not how this works. But I, the, the, the Terry Crews situation definitely brought, The way he described uh, it, he, he just described that he was, like, in a state of shock. Like, can you believe? Because it was out of nowhere. It wasn't like, you know, he could foretell that it was about to come. Like, where he summoned him mm-hmm. to his room. It was out and, in the and open. How long ago was it? Um, long I don't remember it? the timeline. Do you guys remember? Uh-uh. No. It was last year or two years ago. It was no more than I two years ago. It was that recent. Oh, he's I got maybe here two years ago. It couldn't have been that recent. I mean, Terry Crews already has a, a bigger platform. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone would take advantage of him now as who he is because he's yeah, I don't himself. think so either. He's very, you know, if I met him in person, you know, I kind of freak out a bit. So I don't think it would be and, like, like he's a big ass dude. I don't see why you would go right. there unless you, unless you unless you had his point. He said that he's a big dude. That's what yeah, he said. Terry his Cruz point was, was I didn't well, want the headline to read. 
200 or 300 pound black man beats the shit out of you know director or producer or whatever so hmm. like I know how the he optics said. would look people wouldn't know the backstory and then he would be the you know what I'm saying the he would be the, the one in the wrong so I understand hmm. like he thought about that he was just like yeah I didn't want to beat the shit out of him because I knew how the optics would look and then I'd really be done it indicated that an unnamed Hollywood executive broke his genitals while at an industry party last year. So this happened with this last year. What? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why he did it. Cause Terry Crews be playing some questionable roles, and he probably sent mixed signals. See, Lee Daniels is openly gay, so he probably right. thought that Terry Terry was a low, you know, cause he be acting fruity sometimes. So it might he died. So maybe it was a miscommunication. It was a, it was a miscue. No, 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 no. A miscue between a movie role is different than a miscue in real life. So <laughs> playing somebody who's questionable doesn't make them questionable. It just may make them a good oh, actor. Listen, he's been, he, <laughs> does, he, does, he, does question, he does questionable activities when he's not in, in a role. Like, I've seen him on award shows and just out in public and do some gay kind of, you know, kind of kind of uh, homo-questionable. But even I can't say he's homosexual. So, so but what I'm saying is, no, 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 no. What I'm, my, my only argument is, maybe the man, maybe the man misinterpreted some of Terry Crews' signals. It might have been, you know, I don't, I'm not gay, so I don't know how a gay Are man would interpret. Are you saying Terry could have led him on? That's it might have been. It could, he could, he could have got an eye. If Terry Crews, yo, if Terry Crews said yes, I like men and I like to sleep with my wife, right in front of Lee Daniels' face or the day before, or whatever, that does not give anybody the it right. Still to give them the right. Hands yeah. funny, like I didn't invite you. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, not. Yeah, man. my relationship with my wife. Well, he had the president doing all this going on. Yeah. Well, maybe wow, Daniels yeah. is like the president can grab him. The president can grab him in the crotch. Why can't I? And I can see Lee Daniels thinking. Because like Donald Trump <laughs> is a piece of crap. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Just grab him oh in the crotch. Grab him in the crotch. <laughs> that's Wait, that's t-shirt line. New t-shirt line. New t-shirt line. Uh -oh, okay, I'm sorry. I like that. I think I might do that. Okay. okay. Grab him in the crotch. <laughs> Black entrepreneurship. <laughs> ratchetness at its finest. Well, <clears throat> yes. The Trumpy dance. Oh, God. Do the Trump. Just grab him in the biscuits. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Okay, so, well that concludes. That's a, that's a, that's that's six that's sixty minutes. Okay. <laughs> this concludes the episode of the Urban Breakdown. How about last words? Let's go. This is roundtable. Odie. Oh wait, what are we doing? Roundtable. <laughs> last words. Last words. Final word. Lock open. Uh, okay. Um. Uh. I really got to start working on these. I never have any last thoughts, and I always feel... Come on, you got to get your uh, Jerry Springer on. Let's do this. Jerry. I know, I know. <laughs> Come back to me next week. All right, all right. Just what you got. Uh, I'll say, to close, that um, we need to be vigilant and, and just pay attention to what's going on out here in the world because a lot of times we get confused and we can do some things, but, you know, we can't do it if we got our eyes closed. So just continue to get better and do better, man. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Tashia Scott. Mine is just simple, man. Black power, power to the people. Okay. Mercedes Wright. <laughs> Support all B.O.B.s, no matter what. What's a B.O.B.? Anyway, if, you, if, you, if you have a need for their product. Black-owned business. Oh, yeah, thank you. Have you, and, and when I, I'm gonna post mine today. Y'all better support me. Buy my stuff. Uh oh, send it out. What's your website? Now? Where can we find you? Where can we find really you? I have a clothing line coming up, but I'm gonna put it on Facebook. Um, I got like um t-shirts coming out for my business. and We'll talk about it more later, but yeah. Black on businesses. Black on business group. B O B. All right, Mercer, your perspective. I'm just, I'm just going to say, don't let people like uh, Trump and Mike Pence and you know all this other stuff going on, like with the NFL, divide us. Because I mean, the only way we get out of this uh, in a good way is together. So, okay. so we, we, we do need each other. All right, yes, okay. Uh, I'm just going to ask, are you, are you in the Triangle Bio Business Group? Can we find you there? There is a Triangle B O V group. 
triangle like mm-hmm. like Raleigh Durham Chapel yeah, Hill Raleigh triangle Durham, like yes. Charleston Goose Creek whatever else y'all got no. Raleigh Durham <laughs> Chapel Hill okay. we don't call it the triangle we call it the tri county sir oh okay sorry sorry I've been gone a long time okay Murphy <laughs> <laughs> right. Charleston Dorchester BCD there you go there you go I know I used to rap D Road all day long alright and uh, my, la- and my uh, final word would be subscribe to the Urban Breakdown via your favorite podcast apps. You will find the different shows, which are currently Politrics at 360 Degrees, coming soon, He Said, She Said, um, the 180 Interview, and BPM, which is the acronym for Black Power Movement, but also Beats Per, mu- per um, Minute, which is basically um, interviews with artists, but also getting their perspectives on some real life issues and how it could probably collaborate or correlate with their music. And that concludes another episode of The Urban Breakdown.